I, I, I maybe I did play just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative and your on-campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WGTs. After further review, we're off for a week. I was out of town at the Speece Tournament, actually. A very big uh, AAU event. Saw the number one sophomore in the country, one of the number one freshmen in the country. This is all the way out in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we took a little bit of a break. We're back at it here. Here on After Further Review, right after Tim and Vicky's theme park show that airs 9 to 11 we air 11 to 1 on saturdays and then you can also hear us on our podcast on soundcloud and on itunes we've got frank basher on the phone uh and he's on talk a little bit about the new rules in michigan high school sports or sometimes like we like to call on the show misha he doesn't like the, the, that acronym at all. But there's some new rules that are going to be better, especially for football, as we talked about it during the uh, last year during the football season, where six wins got you into the playoffs. And some teams, some people were accusing of playing, I guess, as we like to call it, diarrhea water teams or sisters of the poor. And Frank, go ahead and uh, since you're an umpire, uh, dive into a little bit of uh, what the new rule changes are and I, and I watched an a actual um, segment as I hear you rattling papers in the background a segment yeah, from, was... uh, from uh, Steve Slivka that you know a lot of coaches actually uh, uh, liked it they, they made a report I guess the Detroit Free Press came up with a point that Bedford back in 2016 I believe if they would have went to this new rule, would have been out of the playoffs in summer. It would have been last year or last year. Twenty was it? Yes, I thought it was twenty seventeen, not twenty. No, last last year Bedford was five and four, and they got in. This new for, new proposed format would have been in place. They would have been out. But let me let me dive in. Wait a minute! I thought you had to get six wins though, or because I know well, they said Bedford well, would have been out, out, no, and no, Summerfield well, would have been in. They got basically clipped. And well, here, well, it used to be. He was, six wins would automatically qualify you, and then they would take a selection of five or four teams based on their playoff point average. So Bedford had a high enough playoff point average last year where they got in. Now, if this new system, which allow me to explain how that will how that criteria will work, as I've got the article from Mick McCabe in the, of the Detroit Free Press up. Uh, says that that the old you actually are going to get it used to be where you were awarded 80 points for beating a class A school, 64 for beating a class B, 30, 48 for a class C, 32 for a class D, and the bonus point ratio was 8 to 1, and let's say if a team you beat ended up winning games, you got 8 bonus points, and if they a team you lost to got a win, they, you got one bonus point. Now, the new format is going to work like this. 
Teams earn 60 points for beating a Division I school, 55 for beating D2, 50 for D3, 45 for D4, 40 for D5, 35 for D6, 30 for D7, and 25 for Division Eight. And speaking of divisions, it used to be they you waited till Selection Sunday to find out if which division you'd be in specifically. Well, now they're going to decide all that ahead of time, which is a good move. So, and they will decide that by enrollment in your school. So, and as for bonus points, here's how it'll work: if a Division Three team schedules a Division One opponent and the D three school. They will get six bonus points for every win the Division One team has in that season, except from their head-to-head game. So the bonus point scale for is six for Division One and two opponents. Hence, you get five for Division Three or four, four for five and six, and three for seven and eight. Eight. So I mean, it's not. I understand some people think it's like computer points well it's not computer points per se because Derek, it's you're the since you're more the ohio guy does the system in ohio they do they take more margin of victory when it comes to uh, the computer points what was that do, do, well does the system in ohio with computer points does that account for margin of victory uh, no. no, it basically it goes by if you play a team and they have a good record, it goes by record. So they go by the teams that they beat. So if you beat a team that's basically playing a really tough schedule and they're getting wins, that's how you're basically accumulating your 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 computer points. Now sometimes they kind of this is this has happened where teams have gotten screwed where they've had a good schedule. But maybe the teams they played had a down year, and that happened once. In, in, in high, when I was in high school, we had a at St. Francis, we had a really good team my junior year, and uh, the only, only loss they had was Kent McKinley, who was nationally ranked. But the teams that, that that we had scheduled actually had a down year that year. So even though we were probably, I think they were nine and one or eight and two on the year. A lot of the teams that we played ended up only having two or three wins, and it just it didn't. And then the, the wins that they did have, they didn't really beat really good opponents, so you just didn't really get a lot of of, of of computer points. But it was a little bit harder, I believe, back when I was in high school as well, because I think there was only the top four team got in the region. It's not like 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 it is now with eight. But basically, you beat a team. And if they're a team that gets a lot of wins and they're beating teams that have a, a quality schedule, then that's how you accumulate your computer points. Okay. So no, no, yeah. none. Of, it's, there's no none of that. Well, we got to beat a team, beat the tar out of a team, so that we look good. You know, no, no, none of that. Okay, so okay, so basically, uh, play play pouring it on is not encouraged. <laughs> so. But it all. But I actually found out about this uh, last Saturday, which I I was taught, I had a conversation with uh, Blissfield Athletic Director Steve Babbitt, and he had brought up that they were making this change to, and the main reason was to kind of get teams from scheduling, uh, paying the the Grand Rapids school for baking cupcakes, 
to get it, to basically just get six wins so you could guarantee your spot, which again, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it where you get a team that doesn't, that gets six wins, but of those wins, they don't beat anybody with a pulse. So, and all he mentioned that one team that was kind of a guilty party was Addison High School, which is up in the northwest part of Lenway County. There was a time where they would constantly play Hudson High School, which is just down Highway 127. And it was a kind of a big, kind of a big rivalry game between two non-conference opponents. But of course, in recent years, there's Addison was getting tired of getting their butts kicked by Hudson because Hudson was always near the top in division in Division 7 or whatever division they'd be in. In fact, I've got previous results in front of me, and of those last few years, Hudson has been really kicked the tar out of Addison. And then they didn't, and then once after 2016, they said, you know what, we're not playing you anymore, kick rocks. So they started scheduling Dearborn Heights Star International, and the last two meetings that Addison had with them would be the classic pour it on, stanky leg alert, where the scores were 79 to 12. Yes, you heard that right, and 55 nothing last year. So then I guess they beefed up their schedule a little bit. They added Britton Deerfield, who isn't really much better. And I know they're going to be losing a ton of talent to graduation. And, then of course, last year, Addison, they went 5-4 and four in their schedule and they ended up missing out on the postseason. And then plus, they, they do – and, of course, they play in a weak conference, too, in the Cascades, so – there's that, but a few, but a few uh, quotes I have from from some coaches. Uh, Whiteford coach Jason Mensing said this to the Monroe paper. Where he said uh, that he was an advocate of of the change. Says it's a big difference. I like the direction we are moving. I think the playoff system will be stronger. Her, and as I mentioned, no automatic qualifiers at all. So. Now, that does mean there's the possibility of a chance a team that has a four and five record could get in, but that that doesn't necessarily mean they will get in. Now, here's let's say the new format was in place last year. Here's who would have been on the outside looking in the teams that made it. Seven and two Ludington would have been on the outside looking in. Six and three Kalamazoo Central. 6-3 Detroit Western and 6-3 Merrill would have been out. Two teams that went 5-3 and three would have been out. That would be the Tawas and Athens. These 5-4 and four teams would have been out. We had mentioned Bedford. I'll just mention a few more. Matawan, who's kind of a bigger school. Napoleon, Menden, and uh, Three Oaks, River Valley, Big Rapids. And then Climax Scots, who would have been out last year, but they are now dropping down to eight-man football. And these teams would have been in based on schedules. Mumford 
or Lutheran Westland. Oddly enough, Addison would have been in last year, five and four. Or as I'll just go back to their schedule because they did end up uh, playing playing a couple of they had a couple of quality losses on their schedule. Also, and then also Summerfield High School, which is just down the road from me, would have made it in at five and four. And then some four and five teams would have gotten in as well. Uh, and I'll just go over a few of them. Hudson, who's in the Lenawee County Athletics Association, would have gotten in. And um, Airport High School up in Carlton, who we covered Friday Night Victors. Flat Rock at four and five, which our own uh, Chris Schultz at Friday Night Victors, who's a Flat Rock alum, said that they were the best four and five team in the state, even though they had because they had a bunch of close losses. And Sterling Heights-Stevenson was another team that would have gotten in as well. Well, and a few other things, a few other quotes here. Our own coach at Dundee, Kyle McElvaney, says that he likes it. So scheduling those non-league games will be very, very important going forward. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out for us. We are the biggest school in the LCAA. So we'll wait and see what that means for us. And I've also got one from a former coach in the state of Ohio. Oh, this guy coached at that school that Anthony Stang disliked very much. That would be Mike Vickers. He used to coach at Genoa. Uh, he said yeah, he's coached at a, he's he coached said, at a few schools, basically. Yeah, well he. Yeah, well, he he has he had a stint at Genoa. Right, he did, and he's also been at Delta and a few other spots. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he he says that he that he's still kind of kind of thinking about. It. He says it seems to reward schools for playing stronger schedules. It'll create more excitement, I think, for the fans and for the high school football. Anytime you can do that, it's a positive. Because I'm not sure what it will mean for Bedford yet. We'll have to see how it plays out. So that's definitely something that does bear watching. I will share a couple thoughts that I had given to me some from Gary Hoff of Friday Night Victors as well because I know he had said he said that there were more changes that needed to be made and I asked Gary said what what more changes do you think need to be made he says the problems I see is the lower division teams that don't win and much will have a hard time scheduling because there's no incentive to play these teams obviously because the, you don't get as many bonus points for playing them. Um, and, of course, one interesting point that he mentioned was you must be in a conference. Now, uh, there are at least 16 schools in Michigan that do not claim a conference. And I'll highlight a few of them. One of them is River Rouge, who has been very good in football the last several years. Another being, being Detroit Country Day, which they've got some brand power as well. Grand Rapids North Point Christian has been fairly decent. Uh, the alma mater of uh, former WXGT member Jed Schilling, Pontiac Notre Dame Prep is another one that doesn't have a conference. And, of course, 
the school where as the aforementioned Chris Schultz is currently the athletic director at Dearborn Advanced Tech who will be in their first year of varsity football um, this year. So the teams that are in that are not in the conference, I mean, look, River Rouge is got is gonna attract got teams that are gonna want to play them because they want to beat them and get some bonus points because Rouge is actually pretty good. Uh, and the same you could probably say and Detroit Country Day, I told Gary it has kind of that is kind of that name brand. I mean, they haven't been like a powerhouse in recent years, but they've got that tradition. Obviously, anybody around that area knows that's where they're one of David the man of God Harris's football heroes, Jerome Bettis, played his high school football. Um Another thing that Gary looked at is teams should look to schedule early with the teams in their division or very near. Here, we said the best thing you can no longer play a crap schedule. Oh, and, oh, and as for the independents, he said that scheduling would be an issue for them. He said upper divisions won't want to play them except for Rouge and the smaller. And the smaller independent schools, I think, for example, would be like a maybe a North Point Christian, which is a lot smaller, or or a uh, a let me think, uh, probably a Detroit Edison Pioneers. Though those those are probably teams that nobody's going to want to play as much because they don't necessarily have that quote unquote brand power and tradition. And, and you really don't know how they're going to be. Hey, and mention that. Oh, and, uh, and yeah, you okay. still there? Or? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, I lost. Sorry. I was looking. I thought Gary had something more to say, but he didn't. So all in all, I, it's something that I, I'm a proponent of. I think it's going to do great things. This is going to go into effect in 2020. Hey, and. I think and it's going to put an end to, like I said, playing the the Jackson School for Donut Making or whatever dumpster fire teams you could find. It's a, it's something I'm looking forward to. Is it in response to something Gary said? Is it a perfect system? No. I mean, there's probably going to be things that come up down the road where people will be like, oh, they're getting too many four and five teams and whatever. Well... You know, if that if that happens, it happens. I mean, look, some of these teams that have went four and five that would have gotten in last year played a, a murderer's row of a schedule. Also, you can pretty much take take that for data, as David Fisdale would say. Hey, and of course, the other thing that. The other change that I really like that's happening, and this is going to go into effect next year, and that affects the sport that Derek, you and I are both involved in very much, mm-hmm. and that's basketball. They are finally going to seeding for districts. Dennis Hobson and the top, and what they what they will do is they'll have kind of a computer points power ranking system that'll. Decide all that. It's kind of similar to how the NCAA tournament used to use the RPI for seeding and things of that nature. 
where they'll decide that like right near the end of the season and they'll have the top the one seed, the two seed on opposite sides of the bracket. So you won't have the two best you won't likely have the two best teams in the district playing each other in in the semifinals. And you definitely won't have it happening in the first round. Hmm. Because isn't that correct me if I'm wrong, but is that how is that how Ohio does seeding for districts? What? Or did, for basketball, do they do they use like some do they use like something similar to what the NCAA used for RPI or do they No. no. You basically go in <laughs> it, it, this they're really, it's it's a very weird thing. It's Yeah. You you pick it's it's not real real seedings. If you're the first seed, you decide if you want to get a buy or something like that. Yeah, and you go with the oh, buy, yeah, but ah, but the second seed could be in your bracket, and they can say, well, you know what, we're not really scared of that guy, so we'll go in that bracket. Or you know what, eh, we're gonna go down all the way down here. I think it's it's basically a, almost like a voting, and then once they come out with the seating, and there's been some years where the top two teams that are in the district or slash sectional, usually it goes by sectionals, then districts in Ohio are in the same bracket. But but a lot of times, most normal people would go, okay, if if so and so's up here at the top of this, I'm going to go down here. And also sometimes things can be deceiving. You know, there's some schools that they might have had a weak conference, so they have a great record. But does that mean they're one of the better teams in the area? Eh, Probably not compared to a team that could have suffered a lot of injuries, maybe a, a kid that transferred now and got picked up. So their record's a little off. But people say, okay, we know they're better than what maybe they're seeing. So they started to play the, the whole avoid the, the, the team game. So sometimes you'll see some a lot of funky stuff that's just like, oh, okay. So to me, in in high school, it's not really, really seedings because you could have two top teams in the district be in the same bracket and get knocked out in the semifinals. And it's just like, well, wait a minute. We want to see them in the finals, but that doesn't happen. So. Uh, that's yeah, how it goes, but it's not ranked on like computer points, like in football or you know th- th- this the RPI ranking in basketball where well they played this schedule of harder teams so they're going to be ranked higher. No, it, it's not like based on that. Yeah, well, well they're they're also doing this for soccer as well, and then what McCabe said in the free press is that they're using determine the top two seeds by using. It's Michigan Power Ratings, which is a computer formula based on regular season results against other Michigan schools, which they're also using for lacrosse, which I guess was kind of the guinea pig sport for it. Now, I'll, I'm going to try and dig up what I had from the MHSAA website, right, where they said that you would get the your record against Michigan schools, so if you were to play an out-of-state school, then I guess it would not count again count for you or against you. So here I'm looking well, hang on, I'm looking for it. It's just there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that they're changing, like limiting how much 
collision practice you can have in football that's being dropped from 90 minutes to 30 minutes. Yes, I saw. I heard that's, about that. Yes, I saw that. I mean, that's kind of get, that's getting some mixed reviews. I guess some people are saying, well, it's good for player safety, but some say, nah, no, you may not get him ready for a game at full speed. I, I mean, I, I kind of understand why they're doing it, and I really don't have a dog in that fight. But, I mean, if you're a, a smaller team that doesn't have a huge roster for football, yeah, you don't want guys getting hurt in practice, and then all of a sudden they're out for the season. And so – and uh, okay, um, and and of course there were a few other people said had uh, basketball district's a great move. It's gonna drive up attendance, which will raise revenue at district finals. Holes and and there are a few. But, of course, there were also those who said that they need to separate public and private schools. And, look, I'm getting tired of beating that dead horse, which I know you and I have done a couple times on this show. Oh, you don't like private schools winning. Well, man up and beat them. And some people try and use the idea, oh, private schools win everything. No, not necessarily. Don't. And it, now there's also an Ohio competitive balance as well, too. So nowadays it's getting where now there was something like Villa Angela St. Joe's, a team that, you know, God rest his soul, uh, Anthony Stang, like they were kind of like the Genoa of basketball where they were in D4 um, four or five years ago. And, but they would have like their team would have seven D one commitments, and it was just like, well, wait a minute, you you guys got seven D one commitments at the next level, but you're playing D four because they were going by the number of boys, and they would just basically go through the D four tournament bracket and and, and win the D four state championship. Now they got bumped up a few years later to D three. I think they're in D two now, but now it goes by competitive balance. Same thing that happened to Central Catholic; they bumped them up a division. Basically, if you're a Catholic school. They take so many number of boys that you have, and then I think the number of times, whatever, how many kids are from different public school districts, and it increases your numbers. So then you basically don't get that advantage and push you up a division where they think you should be playing. Like basically the competitive advantage uh, balance with, with Akron St. Vincent St. Mary's, who, you know, when LeBron was there, they were, I believe, D3 for a while, then they got moved up to D2, and then this was their first year in Division One, And they still made it to the state semis. Um, but now it's more of a competitive balance. But I always tell people all the time, now you got these super public schools now that have big enrollments where, you know, look at the Columbuses and some of the Cincinnati areas where they now got to make a second or third high school because the population's growing so fast. And some of these public schools really could smack around a Catholic school. And not to mention, think about it too, a lot of Catholic schools are having, you know, enrollment issues as well. So the, the population's kind of dying out. Not to mention, people are looking at the bigger picture. You know, you, you don't have to always go to a, a pub, a private school to get a good education. There's a lot of public schools now that offer that. And some people like to just save their money maybe for, the, for, for college. So I think, you you can't always say that the pub, the private schools always win all the time. So that that's just not true. I think what happens that separates them sometimes is 
Catholic schools generally compared to majority of public schools might how can I put this push a competitiveness throughout everything whether it's in the classroom whether it's getting grades you know attendance there's always that push whereas at some public schools I tell you I've seen some public schools have way better equipment way better stuff than a private school but as I always as I've said in other broadcast it all goes down by administration and i think some public schools just have really poor administrations where they don't really you know which is not i get me nothing wrong with it they don't value sports or the ad is just an idiot or or sometimes just the ad plus the educational uh administration don't care they let kids pass through they don't try to challenge kids uh, a very negative atmosphere and, and a lot of times you'll see that correlate with a lot of kids or programs in public schools why they're down and and, and i'll tell you I've, I've seen it firsthand where i've i've worked in a public school got all the equipment but it's never used and it's always this pessimistic attitude and it affects what goes on on the playing field or or they don't have a great weight room program got a great weight room got all the weights but they don't invest in a weight room program or they want something that 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 that's basically easy they don't want to challenge kids and and it's sad frank it's really sad and but people just go with the easy argument well you know the private schools win everything but I mean, let's face it, a lot of private schools, you know, they're doing a lot of the extra work. And granted, they can, you know, pick kids. They don't have a district that they have to uh, basically um, are restricted to. But let's be honest, they're not restricted to the, uh, a district. And they can maybe get a couple kids that can help them out with their sports programs. But the difference that I've always seen is that there's some schools, and it's not all public schools, because there's some public schools out there that, are great and fantastic and they're competitive every year and we you probably can yeah. name some in michigan and i can name some in ohio but the difference is sometimes with some of these catholic schools it's it, you're always trying to be pushed to do your best while at some public schools that's not really you know they play the 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 woe is me card and they get woe is me results yeah and i said well because the people that were Bringing the, they were bringing up the separating the private from the public schools were people from a school district I'm familiar with. I'm not going to say where or who they are because I don't want to throw them under the bus. But let's just, I think they're probably pointing to the fact that this school got crushed by Jackson Lumen Christie in the football playoffs. Now Lumen Christie is a Catholic school. They are, I mean they're. They're a co- they're a co-ed Catholic school, mind you. They're not an all boys or they or anything of that nature. But they have be- but they're pretty much only a foot. They're not winning at everything. They're only really winning at football because they've been a state they've been a state power for several years. Her Brogan, their coach, is a Hall of Famer. Her and they've won like I don't know how many. They've won several state championships. In fact, I believe they have won the last three in Division Six. They've won three. They've won three straight titles in D six. 
picks. And, I mean, they do kind of get the pick of the litter because they're in Jackson and they may get some of the more talented guys. And they did end up having at least a couple of D1 athletes on their team. But football is really the only sport where they're exceptional, where they're exceptionally good at. And you could probably say ice hockey as well. But everything else, they're kind of so they're okay to below average. So don't use that. So don't come bringing that argument that oh, private schools always win everything. Like you said, it all depends on coaching facilities, how much time and money people invest in the program from especially from boosters and things of that nature as well. So I think, but I will, I'll just kind of sum it all up by saying great moves by MHSAA to make changes towards football playoffs, see offs, making them schedule tougher opponents in non-conference and also going to seating in basketball and so they're, they're basically whatever. they're doing the seating where it's like an RPI type of deal, like you said. Well, sort well, of. Okay. Well, I actually did find this uh, here. Here it was. Hang on a second. Oh, oh hold on. I went too far on my computer. Um, it was. Ah, it was the the Michigan. Uh, it was the uh, – here's what they're going to do. The, t- the two top teams to be seeded in each district will be determined using a Michigan Power Ratings computer formula based on regular season results against other MHSAA tournament-eligible teams and opponents' strength of schedule. So mm-hmm. it kind of so- sounds like what they're doing for basketball here is what Ohio does for football. Maybe. Yeah. And I kind of – see, this is the thing about that. I <laughs> – High school basketball, it's finicky because, like I said, you you for one, you you have your, you think you got to think about your conference game. Not depending on the conference, but a lot of conferences have at least eight teams. So you and you do the round robin. I you know some of the majority of the league. So you already got fourteen games already set, and then and like in Ohio, we played twenty two games for varsity. So you have eight non-conference games. Now, I don't know what you do in Michigan if it's the same thing, if leagues are set up the same way. I mean, I understand there's some leagues where, you know, there might be only six teams in it. But most leagues normally want eight teams in it. Now, some leagues do do 12 and then split them up by divisions. And then you do yeah, that's how, the, that's how the Southeastern Conference is. Okay. They have the Red Division, which is all, like, your Class A, your – Class A schools, and then okay, so it's like the Sandusky Bay Conference, where there's a big, big, the big school conference, middle school, like mid majors, and the small school conference, or whatever. Yeah. But then again, though, like I said, but in, almost in each conference, they try to get the seven to eight teams in it, so that there's you know, you know, you can get a fourteen game or twelve game schedule, whatever it may be. Yeah, because the way the way it'll be in the uh, Lenawee County Athletic Association, has been for years past, is you got. 18, so you've got 14 regular season conference games, so you've got room for six in your non-con. Now, next year, now after next year, that's probably going to change because next year is going to be the last year for Erie Mason and the LCAA. They're going to try county conference. So then it'll be back down to 
On a seven, so you'll basically play a you'll have six opponents in conference play, play them twice, that's twelve, then you have eight games in your non conference. Now that'll probably stay that way until a team like not to leak anything out, but like say Clinton if they were to come back in. Mm-hmm. So you'll you're it's basically a fourteen and six because you play twenty regular season games and then you end up going into districts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I'll just wrap it up by saying uh, great great moves by the MHSAA, and you know if there's improvements that need to be made, I think that we'll see we'll see that happen in the future. I mean, I'm really excited to see how this whole football thing is going to work out as well, all in 2020, and we'll just see we'll just see how it goes, especially and even the seating for basketball. I think you'll see some. You'd see some great district championship games, which is what something I always love to see. You think so? Yes. Okay. I mean, I just wanted to ask. I mean, we've got Frank Bastion here on after further review. But you know what? I like the fact that they are moving in the right direction. Because some, some people, and, and it's sad too, and I say this in high school, um, they don't like change. You know, you get the old fitty bitty people that kind of run things and they just decide, eh, you know, it's been this way for so many years. This is how the conference is, or this is how the state's been. And we're going to keep it this way. And, and everyone's like, well, you know, we need some change. And, you know, it's, it's kind of broken. And, and you know what? I think this is a really good move for football because I don't, I, in theory, it might've been a good idea when that rule was implemented to win six games, but, as mentioned by a few coaches, teams were trying to just put cupcakes on the schedule and then get the six wins and then, you know, basically get an automatic spot in the in the in the football tournament. And, and then get smacked. Get Rick rolled by, uh, right, because you had you had no business being in that tournament. And and, and it and, and and that's sad and and, and <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't I don't like that, you know, it it needs to be where there has to be some competition as well and then what it says a lot about your kids too if, you, if you're over there just trying to get the cream puffs what are you saying about you having confidence in your kids and how you're developing your kids you got to challenge your kids a little bit I, now, I don't mind maybe putting one or two cream puffs just because you know you might want to get kids that get a lot put in a lot of hard work who aren't maybe as talented as the starters to get in the game and play you know you could do yeah. stuff like that but if you're in there just trying to put you know Teams, you know that you're gonna obliterate. That just that's just not doing it, and it waters down, like you said, the playoff. It, it, it just it's just not right. Exactly. Anything coming up for you, Frank? Well, uh, on Saturday at about five thirty, I will be on the microphone at my alma mater, Ida, for a alumni flag football tournament. There's gonna be eight teams playing uh, flag football. Hall, and all proceeds raised from this go to benefit Dylan Lewis, who is an ice student who has been battling cancer. Mm. I know that he's been, he was uh, taken to a hospital in New York City recently and had mm. surgery to do some stuff. And I understand his recovery has been going pretty well. So definitely keep filling in your thoughts and prayers and hope he can recover quickly. And he can beat this. He's been, a, kid's been a fighter from what I've heard. Yeah, that, that is a good story. And, they, and Ida allows you back even though you're with the rival at Dundee. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean the Don, the, the Dundee people know I'm doing this, but it's uh, but they right, also right, realize right. that it's for it's there are some Dundee people that are going to be participating in the flag football as well because uh, at the end of the day, it shows that rivals can unite to help a good, for, to help somebody. I mean, I always just thought that they thought you were a Benedict, so you know that you no, that's a traitor. That's fake. That's fake news. Oh, okay. There's it's no, there's no, there's no. There is no bitterness harbored towards anybody. Oh, okay, well, once again, out there uh, helping the community. I'll be out of town uh, down in Columbus. Another AAU uh, tournament. Uh, the Speaks Run was running slam was great this past weekend. Uh, a very eye-opening event for me and the players that I coach. Uh, like I said, seeing top-ranked players that you'll probably see on TV uh in a couple years or heck they'll just be coming to your social media for you too as well <laughs> definitely have to look forward to that yeah all right frank take it easy man all right talk to you later Derek. yep that was frank vashner there on the phone lines here to complete basically the first hour of today's show coming up next we should have david the man of god harris he'll have his his topics and more here on 88.3 wts after for the review once again back in the saddle for you and uh, make sure you always check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud. It's after further review. Uh, we'll have it both posted up there. And if you're on iTunes, on your iPhone, like I said, give us five stars so we can get the podcast circling around the podcast world. We'll be back after this with more after further review.